From St. Pete to Brandon, this is AM Tampa Bay with Jack Harris, where Tampa Bay begins their morning. Good morning. It is Thursday morning, and it's the Jack and James show, as Katie has a couple of days off here. Jack Harris and James Berlander are getting her Hello. done, and you can make it a trio once again if you want by calling us at 800 969 nine three five two we got it all from the trenchant to the trumpery here this morning and again you can join us you can text us at eight two nine four five or you can go through your uh, iheart app if you have it on your phone by hitting the microphone button on the app that is correct yeah so all you have to do uh when you open up the iHeartRadio app go to news radio wfla start streaming us and then a little microphone will appear you could tap that on your phone it'll take you to a recording screen and you could uh send us a message yep a 30 second message that is correct and we've had a couple of people do it since we started doing that we have yeah we get a lot of jokes at times yeah (laughs) even if you have a joke that'll be fine i gotta bring up one thing i saw up there on fox news and that is talking about well some people think it's climate change that causes the hurricanes bringing about ian and that's not true at all because there have been hurricanes since time began it's a weather thing and the other thing i saw was that 70 percent of democrats believe that climate change is man-made, caused by man. They are all full of crap. They certainly are. Only 14% of Republicans believe that climate change is caused by man. The climate has been changing since time began. Yeah, I believe the world goes in these cycles. It warms, it cools, it warms, it cools, but it's, it's not man-made. No, it is, man has nothing to do with it. I mean, man can cause smog and things like that, but those have nothing to do with the climate. The climate is nature. That's it. You can't change the climate in any way. I mean, just like we have the seasons, winter, summer, you know, it's the same thing, only on a larger scale. Oh, yeah. Winter is the fault of climate change. Right. (laughs) Or something like that. Crazy. But I mean, that it's just incredible that 70% of Democrats think that climate change is caused by man. Our schools aren't teaching well enough. And this is why they're taking away our gas-powered vehicles. We won't be over to go vroom vroom pretty soon. Yeah. And that's going to make a big difference. Right. And, and even the president, the reason you're paying so much for gas is all that began with the stopping of the Keystone Pipeline and the stop of the drilling and all of the other things. We've got plenty of natural sources of gas in this country, and yet we have stopped using it because he thought it was contributing to climate change. And and speaking about oil prices, in my uh, trending segment coming up later on uh, at the bottom of the hour, I have uh, I have some bad news about gas prices, so I'll tell you about that in uh, what's trending. I'm guessing they're going up. Uh, yeah, and I'll tell you why. Okay. Well, we'll find out here in a little bit, and we'll have Chris Trinkman joining us here in just a few minutes. And, again, you can join us if you want to do so at 
800-969-9352. If you believe that man is causing climate change, I'd like to hear from you. If you're one of those that believes that, please make your case. We'd like to hear it. And we Do won't you make really want to debate somebody like that? I don't want to debate them. I just okay. want to hear them okay. say it. All right. <laughs> it's 10 after 5, and time to check in on traffic now with John Thomas. Quick takes. takes. Ripping through the biggest news stories of the day in record time. Providing you all you need to know. This is AM Tampa Bay with Jack Harris. And at 514 with Chris Trinkman here from the newsroom. And what's going on this morning, Chris? Good morning, Jack. Florida will be able to access more federal disaster aid. Governor DeSantis announced that President Biden has approved his request to release more disaster funding. DeSantis says that emergency road and bridge repairs for Pine Island in Lee County were finished in about two days. The governor was thanking FDOT crews for their dedication, working around the clock, and he does expect repairs to the Sanibel Causeway to be done by the end of the month. Yeah, that's. Uh, I guess they're going to start rebuilding that bridge instantly and I mean, as soon as they possibly can here. But um, that was good to have. It was good to have the governor and the president there together, working together for the same cause, and that's helping the people who are victims of Hurricane Ian because there's such a a battle that's been going on between Biden and, and DeSantis over the years. That's right. And it's just good to see them working together for the good of the people of florida who need that help you know i fully expect their rivalry to resume fairly soon oh it will (laughs) as we're heading into the midterms but you can bet that a lot of those photographs and videos of them together uh seemingly working together will be something we'll be seeing over and over again even as they uh, fight each other politically yeah in the future it's it was kind of an odd thing considering some of the uh, bad blood between the two and the possibility that they could face each other in a presidential election down the road. Yeah, I don't think Biden is going to be allowed to run again by the Democrats. Not allowed. There's a possibility, but... They're cutting him off. I don't see it happening. (laughs) (laughs) uh, Well, we'll see. You know, he he said just the other day that he was going to run. He apparently apparently told some people uh, who asked him, uh, and he said he, he has plans to run. So... Uh, you know, I would. I, I think that if he doesn't run, it would be something like what happened with Lyndon Johnson back in the '60s, where, you know, he was just so unpopular that there was no way he could run. You know? Yeah, I but, think that's happening with Biden, and I think we're going to see a major shift in party strength in the House and Senate after the elections coming up just a little over a month from now, uh, and that's going to make a big, big difference for Democrats. They're going to want to get a president in there that's popular with the people. Yeah, and, and Biden's ratings are horrific. That's right. Well, in the poll numbers here in Florida, it looks like Republicans have the potential for a clean sweep of all the statewide offices. Yeah. You know, that would include the agriculture commissioner, the attorney general, the chief financial officer, and then, of course, the governor, based on the latest polls. Yep. It's going to be interesting to see. So a federal appeals court will expedite the Justice Department's appeal over a special master that's reviewing documents seized from former President Trump's Mar-a-Lago home. The DOJ previously had a small win when the Atlanta court agreed to partially block that judge's order to stop federal investigators from reviewing the records. The one-page order calls for the case to wrap up by November 17th. 
We also know that former President Trump is making an appeal directly to the Supreme Court to stop the Justice Department from reviewing the documents. And it is a right-leaning Supreme Court. It'll be interesting to see how that plays out. It will. Although the Supreme Court hasn't exactly been President Trump's friend on a number of his appeals well, in the past. that's <laughs> true. You know, he had wanted to get some of the uh, election results thrown out, or he wanted cases involving election fraud to be reviewed by the high court. And back during the election in 2020, uh, they just didn't uh, didn't review any of it. They, they yeah. decided, they declined, essentially, to review those cases. So we'll see what they do this time. The makeup of the court is a little bit different. It's a little more conservative, so it's possible. And we know that he appealed the case directly to Justice Thomas, yeah, who's the most conservative judge on the court? So we'll see what uh, what they decide uh, when they when they review the case. So apparently, actor Alec Baldwin has reached a settlement with the people involved on the set of that show called Rust. Uh, Halnia or ha- Helena Hutchins was shot and killed when Baldwin discharged a prop gun after he was informed that it was supposedly cold, meaning it wasn't armed. Hutchins' husband announced the settlement was reached in the wrongful death case, so it's being dismissed, and it looks like he's off the hook for that. But I think there still has to be a criminal investigation as well. Yeah, as to why that thing was loaded. I mean, it was a a gun on a movie set, for goodness sakes. I mean, those things are supposed to be really loaded. Yeah, I don't quite get that either. I mean, I know they want the guns to look realistic, but that's going too far. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so, that was very tragic. So how about this guy, Jack? A man made it to Ireland after rowing all the way from New York City. Oh, I saw that. I got that story here. That's incredible. (laughs) He's going around the world. I mean... Self-propelled around the world. I mean, he's going across the country on a bicycle. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, talk about a time waster. Damian Brown left Chelsea Piers on June 14th. He rode 3,450 nautical miles. I mean, you know, have you ever been on one of those rowing machines? Oh, yes. I mean, talk about boredom. I mean, you know, I guess oh, the scenery is alone, all alone. <laughs> and where do you put all that food it would take? I, yeah, I mean, he he said he's doing it for a good cause. He's uh, teamed up with Project Empowerment to raise money for four charities, but boy, would I not want to be that guy. Oh, I know. Because again, he's got to ride bikes all across land and going all around circumnavigating the world. Yeah. I I mean, (laughs) you know, it's sort of like those guys who do the balloon thing around the world, too. I mean, that's, I guess, an interesting thing to do. But, man, what a long and boring trip, you know, to sit around in a basket for, you know, (laughs) 24 hours or whatever. Yeah, I've been balloon riding in Lakeland several times, and uh, I can tell you, there's not much room in there. <laughs> not much room. And, and, you know, one thing about the balloons, Jack, is good luck getting up in the balloon. I mean, if they have a slight breeze, they cancel the whole thing. Yeah. You know, you can go out there and be all set. You're going to have your lunch or the brunch thing, whatever. And then they're like, oh, you know, wind speed, five miles an hour. We're done. We're going home. Yeah, I like I say, there's I've forgotten his name now, but a guy in Lakeland that had a balloon, and for some reason he invited me over several times to come riding in it and that was my first time in riding balloons i remember one time we crashed into a uh legislator's garden <laughs> the thing went over <laughs> the fence and the balloon went down on his crops but uh one other time uh my wife went over there with me and went up in one 
and they got at a level where there was no wind at all. They were just stuck there. And you're just floating midair. Yeah, you're just <laughs> sitting there. I mean, not going anywhere. And he finally dropped it down using the the, the flame, flame. Yeah. to where he could get a little bit of a gust of wind so he could move it. But yeah. those are fun. I mean, what are you supposed to do? Are you supposed to get out, lean over the basket, and start waving your arms like a bird, <laughs> get it to move? <laughs> I remember there was an incident over at uh, Fantasy of Flight in Polk County too. They they had some high winds, and I think the balloons went in a lake over there, and they had to yeah. bring in the rescue crews to get people out of the water. Yeah. So you know it can be dangerous uh, as well. Yeah, but, Polk uh, County's big on balloons, apparently. That's right. And if you drive over I-4 heading into uh, Orlando, sometimes you can see them in the morning down in the uh, Champions Gate area. They're flying oh, yeah. around. They, I think they have a launch site there for yeah. that sort of thing. But, uh, yeah, I think actually I would rather do the balloons than the rowing. What do you think? Oh, yes. <laughs> By all means. <laughs> I'll leave it to that guy to, you know, row across the ocean. That's that's perfectly fine with me. Well, Chris will have more coming up here in eight minutes at the bottom of the hour. Thank you, Chris. Thanks, Jack. It's 523 and time to check in with John Thomas and see how groundbound traffic is doing. Jack, Katie, and James every weekday morning. This is AM Tampa Bay with Jack Harris on News Radio WFLA. What was that? That was uh, one of our uh, recordings that someone sent in today. No kidding. Yeah. Play that thing again. All right. Let me uh, pull it back up here. Just popped in and uh, weren't expecting it. Here we go. Hey guys, this is Rich in Lakeland. I have a joke. There once was a man from Nantucket. He was a dumb <laughs> liberal. Love you guys. <laughs> oh, the little uh, island of Nantucket. And I'm assuming that you added the bleep in I there. I did. Yes, I did. Yeah. <laughs> hey, by the way, we had a successful space launch yesterday, and. Um, those things are impossible to see during the daytime. Yeah. All you can see is the contrail from over here. I believe it had, what, a crew of four? Uh, Five. Or five, okay. Yeah. Had two NASA astronauts, uh, the mission commander and the pilot, and a JAXA astronaut. I don't know. I think that might be Russian. I'm not sure. Um, and... A Roscomos astronaut. I don't know who these guys are or women are. There's a woman there, too, serving as mission specialist. But it's a science expedition mission. Um, Once at the uh, International Space Station, they're going to perform science and technology demonstrations and maintenance activities aboard the uh, microgravity laboratory and they're going to spend up to six months at the station before they come back to earth oh wow how would you like to be stuck up there for six months i'd just be worried that that earth won't exist when i want to go home (laughs) and no beer right but um well let's see there's a couple of their well actually they're only four headed to space okay yeah and a couple of them, it's the first time. And um, one of the guys is making his fifth trip into space as a mission specialist. Not bad. But it was just a little bit of a contrail is all you could see from over here. The only way to really enjoy them is nighttime when you can see the 
fire and flames and all that kind of stuff. Really fascinating. It's 529 on amtampabay.com. Keeping you up on what's trending, here's the AM Tampa Bay trendsetter, Katie Bacino. Well, it ain't going to sound like Katie because it ain't Katie. Yeah, I'm not Katie. I'm sorry. But uh, James Berlander has got our uh, what's trending here. Yeah, well, as I mentioned at the top of the hour, uh, gas prices will be on the rise. Now, right now, we're in a gas tax, quote-unquote, holiday, thanks to uh, Governor DeSantis. But analysts are saying that gas prices will rise even higher now that OPEC and some other countries join together to slash oil production. As you might recall, President Biden traveled to Saudi Arabia just a few months ago in an effort to improve relations to get the Saudis to increase oil production. Uh, But it kind of fell short. Uh, So, sadly, gas prices... Going to go up probably at the end of the month once uh, once the taxes kick back in. Also, Christmas trees, because of the gas prices rising, Christmas tree prices are also set to go up. Ew. Yeah, I think I saw several stations on Gandhi here where prices were up this morning. They've been coming down, and they're back up again. Yeah, we might be seeing them creep up throughout the month, and it's only October 6th. Yeah, it's been pointed out here that uh, the Biden administration failed to acknowledge that gas prices are up from last year, which right. was 320, and that's nation's average. Um, and at the end of the Trump administration, according to Gas Buddy, uh, the gas price was around 230 a gallon, and now in California it's over six dollars, but. Um, well, anyway, it's right. Apparently, most Christmas trees are yeah. Most of the Christmas trees uh, are shipped from the Carolinas or up north, and so the gas prices, which are creeping up, is expected to affect uh, affect the cost to customers. Uh, so apparently, Texas Christmas Tree Growers Association says that's not the only concern. Farmers were also hit by a drought this year, which obviously causes trees not to grow. Yeah, so it's going to be more expensive. Yeah, supply and demand. Uh, a lot of people go with those fake trees, right? You can use them every year. I've got one. Yep, we've got one. <laughs> it's 540 on AM Tampa Bay, and John Thomas is going to check out the asphalt jungle. Now, taking a look back at this day in history on AM Tampa Bay with Jack Harris. This day in history is brought to you by the Duncan Duo, and it's today in history, October 6th. 1539, Spain's DeSoto expedition takes over the Appalachian capital of Anhica. That's uh, Indian areas there for their winter quarters. And that's up around uh, Pensacola, by the way. And, of course, DeSoto began his expedition right here in Bradenton um, off the river there. And they've got a museum and a memorial there and all that kind of stuff where DeSoto came on shore. In 1683, immigrant families found Germantown, Pennsylvania in the first major immigration of German people to America. That probably should be founded Germantown, PA. 1777, in the Revolutionary War, British forces captured Forts Clinton and Montgomery on the Hudson River. 1884, the Naval War College of the U.S. is founded in Rhode Island. I think that's still there. 
1898, Phi Mu Alpha Sinfonia, the largest American music fraternity, is founded at the New England Conservatory of Music. 1927, the opening of The Jazz Singer, and that was the first prominent talkie movie. 1942, World War II, American troops forced the Japanese from their positions east of the Matanikau River during the Battle of Guadalcanal. 1973, Egypt and Syria launched coordinated attacks against Israel, which began the Yom Kippur War. 1976, Cubana de Aviación Flight 455 is destroyed by two bombs placed on board by an anti-Castro militant group. 1979, Pope Paul II becomes the first pontiff to visit the White House. John Paul and I met alone in the Oval Office and discussed the future. The future of faith. The future of people. The future prospects for peace. That sounds like a president. I believe it was. Yeah, I believe it was. Um, let's see. We're at 1981. Egyptian President Anwar Sadat is murdered by Islamic extremists. 1995, the first planet orbiting another sun, 51 Pegasi B, is discovered. 2007, Jason Lewis completes the first human-powered circumnavigation of the globe. And you've got a guy trying to do it now. Uh, 2010, Instagram, a mainstream photo-sharing application, is founded. 2018, President Trump appoints Brett Kavanaugh as Supreme Court Associate Justice, ending a contentious confirmation process. And finally, in 1885, the first tree is chopped down in order to build Ybor City. And that is our Today in History, and it's presented by the Duncan Duo, Get your career booming by being a part of the number one real estate team in Florida. Visit now, jointheduo.com. That's jointheduo.com. And that's our Today in History for this day, which is... October 6th. The 6th of October. Yep, for sure. Um, one other thing I meant to mention here we got plenty of time to do it right now and what did I do with it I had it right here might be to your left or your right or in front of you or behind you yep I got Could stuff all over the place oh I know what I was going to mention we're going to add a new feature beginning next Tuesday on Tuesdays oh yeah on Tampa Bay history things that happened in the Tampa Bay area historically um, I don't know how long that feature will run because they're only so many things we can come up with, but we will have them. You never know. Yep. We'll just see how long that particular thing lasts. I got um, a note here from Kevin O'Hare, who is the campaign manager of the All for Transportation uh, bill that's going to be coming up. And 
he uh, we'll have to get to this later because I don't have time to get to all of it here, but he's got stuff from Hillsborough County Sheriff Chad Cronister, who has just endorsed the All for Transportation initiative, and that's a citizen-led effort to find transportation improvements for Hillsborough County. And they've got some statistics on what it would do if this passes. And, of course, these are estimates of what might happen, but we'll try to get around to those here in a little while because it's pretty interesting, particularly if you live in Hillsborough County. It's 549 on AM Tampa Bay, and time to see why we need those transportation improvements here with John Thomas. Will the GOP become the majority once again in the Senate? Can the Democrats hang on to their seats? Wall-to-wall midterm coverage happens here. Now, back to AM Tampa Bay with Jack Harris on News Radio WFLA. And it's 5.53 on AM Tampa Bay, the Jack and James show this morning. And tomorrow morning here is Katie will be back on uh, Monday. Yep, she's flying out. Where's she headed? I believe uh, Memphis, if I'm not mistaken. To Memphis? Yeah, some type of work event. Oh, a I'm work sure, something event. Something with uh, St. Jude's uh, helping uh, the kids up there. Ah, yeah, that's great. Yeah, I've been there a couple of times, but Nashville is my favorite. Maybe she'll meet Elvis. <laughs> yeah. He's from Memphis. Well, there you go. Or the Elvis family. Um, We've got... Uh, I'm going to pass along these things that came from Kevin O'Hare, campaign manager of the All for Transportation, and um, talking about what uh, Hillsborough County Sheriff Chad Cronister is very much in favor of this. And these are some figures, and these are estimates, and we don't know how accurate they are, but they say it would, what they do after they make all of these improvements from the all for transportation plan it would save more than 1100 lives prevent more than 55,000 injuries prevent more than 140,000 car crashes and would heavily reduce traffic congestion create over 350 miles of safety projects fill in more than 1,400 miles of missing sidewalks, reduce fatal and injury crashes by 35%, and light more than 500 miles of new streetlight corridors. And they say voting yes for it November 8th is a no-brainer for those residents who want to address Hillsborough's unsafe roads and the lack of transit options. And that really is something to think about, the possibility of some kind of transit options. Things are being done in other places while they're doing buses here in Pinellas County. Right. Uh, I love the gondolas idea in Clearwater, but we do need more rail traffic. We've got that historic um, streetcar down in in Vinnickville, but we need something that goes all over the uh, Tampa area. But it'll be interesting to see how all of that plays out. But anyway, that's 
Sheriff Chad Cronister is very much in favor of this. And you can check out the group that's pushing this at allfortransportation.com. And again, it's Kevin O'Hare, who is the campaign manager on this thing. Well, coming up, we'll have Aaron Royale joining us in the next half hour about uh, fraud becoming a big problem in the apps that we sometimes get. Um, plus, we got some other good stuff as well. It's 557 on AM Tampa Bay. Security. From Odessa to Clearwater, this is AM Tampa Bay with Jack Harris, where Tampa Bay begins their morning. And this Salmagundi of information known as AM Tampa Bay is the Jack and James show this morning. Yes, yes. As Katie is taking a little time off. She's out today and tomorrow. And we got some birthdays for you on this October 6th. Connie Swindle, uh, Linda Ayers Billaris. I don't know whether it's Billaris or Billiris, but B I L L I R I S. Uh, Robbie Hensley, Cindy Dervich, and Danny Harmon from uh, Fox 13. Oh, nice. All of those having a birthday. So happy birthday to Connie, Linda, Robbie, Cindy, and Danny. And what have you got? I've got birthdays. Oh, my Lord. Look at me just <laughs> walked in here. I snuck in, too. You didn't even see me walk in the studio. <laughs> I didn't. You came in while I was looking down, and all of a sudden, you're on the mic there. <laughs> I had to sneak down. I'm short, so it works out. I'm only here for a few minutes. I'm taking an Uber from here, so i got to come in and say hi. And wish everyone a happy birthday who has birthdays today. Well, that's good. Have you got any? I do. I have Jennifer Grant, Josh Markovitz, Jason Clark, Jenny O'Bear, and Jared Trombley. And happy birthday to them. And how about you, James? For me, I've just got one. I have Tony Dungy, who turned 67 today. Tony Dungy, old friend of mine. Yep. Well known to Buccaneer fans around here. Son of a gun. Is he still living around here? I. You know what? I'm not sure about that. I think he might be. I mean, given the amount of time he was here, he was great to work with, and we did some appearances and everything. I've always heard great things about him. Oh, he's terrific. Now, what are you doing here now? I decided it's probably cheaper for me to take an Uber from the station than leave my car at the airport for a few days, so I'm just going to hide it behind the gate. Don't try and come steal anything out of my car because it's going to be locked up. But I'm going <laughs> to leave it at the station and take an Uber from here to the airport. And then where do you head to? I am going to Memphis to tour the St. Jude Children's Research Hospital. Oh, that's great. Yes, it'll be very uh, bittersweet. Obviously, it's it gives you a lot of emotions, but it's always really nice to see those things in person and see the impact that they have. How did that come about? It's for uh, the country station here and the new one I'm on in Jacksonville. It's called the Country Care Seminar, and they send a bunch of people from the country stations out because they do a radiothon later in the year where they raise money for the hospital. So they just like people to get a firsthand account. Well, you want to be sure and go down by the water. They've got some nice bars and restaurants down there. I've never been to Tennessee at all, not Memphis. Well, I've never well, been to Tennessee at all again. But Well, um, you got to go to Nashville. Now, that's really the place I've to go. I've heard that. I love Nashville. That's one of my favorite places to visit. But anyway, thanks for surprising us in here this morning. Anytime. I'm going to go now, but have a great day. <laughs> okay. 
And there goes Katie. We won't have her back again until Monday. Yep, yep. Uh, I don't know if I have time to get these things in here or not, but the top-selling candy for Halloween, and this is according to grocery retailer Kroger. Please don't let it be candy corn. Uh, I love candy corn. You know, it's not even in the top ten. Okay, good. Uh, No, it's certainly not. Just give me all the Hershey Kisses, and I'm happy. Well, you'll be sort of happy. Okay. We'll get around to that a a little later on. (laughs) But, uh, yeah, you don't like the candy corn, huh? Nah, it's horrible. Joy just got some. I love it. I was at my doctor's office uh, the, the other day, and... They had a big jar of it there with a little Halloween kind of thing on top of it. And I thought, oh, man, I'm going to grab a couple of those. But it turns out they've got it there. This is Dr. Buckenheimer's office. Ah. And uh, they've got it there so you can guess how many are in there. Gotcha. Okay. And I'm guessing maybe five, six, seven hundred. I didn't. I didn't even make a guess, but you can win something. I don't know what it was. I always question, if you eat candy corn, are you sure that your taste buds are are working properly? (laughs) (laughs) Well, I guess I've always liked it. But we'll get around to the top candies for this year's Halloween and trick-or-treaters coming up in a little bit. It's 6.10, and time now to check in with John Thomas and Traffic. The border crisis continues and could be a big focus for the midterms. All the latest happenings happen here. Now, back to AM Tampa Bay with Jack Harris on News Radio WFLA. And coming up on 625, we're joined now by Aaron Real, our NBC News Radio reporter. And, uh, Aaron, you're talking about fraud becoming a bigger problem. In these peer-to-peer apps like Venmo and Zelle, and that uh, large banks aren't refunding consumers. What's the deal on this? Yes, this is unfortunate, but Zelle, the popular payment app, it's under fire for how it handles fraud and scams that have really exploded on the platform in recent years. So Senator Elizabeth Warren's office said that an investigation into Zelle, it showed that fraud and theft, they're, they're not only rampant, they're getting much worse. And once people report fraud transactions, banks are reimbursing only a very small fraction of those who are swindled. So long story short, Zelle, it was FinTech World's answer to Venmo and Cash App. These are those apps that make money transferring to your friend who just paid for dinner much easier, free, and fast. It really took off in 2020. That's when digital payments came on in a big way in response to the pandemic. But Zelle is by far the largest peer-to-peer payment system in America. Last year, its transaction totaled $490 billion, and that's up 59% from the year before PayPal is in PayPal's Venmo. The Venmo is owned by PayPal. They're in second place at $230 billion in transactions. But really, it's Zelle's size and its accessibility because it's built right into participating banks' apps, so it makes it a preferred tool for fraudsters and other bad actors. But long story short, banks are not paying, not paying 90% of cases in which customers are tricked into making payments on the app. And an estimated $440 million is lost to Zelle users through these frauds and scams, and this is as of 2021. And the reason for that is because there's something called authorized and unauthorized transactions. And this is under a federal rule known as Regulation E, Banks are technically only liable 
to cover fraudulent activity when it involves an unauthorized transaction. So say someone steals your credit card and makes a purchase without your permission, that's considered unauthorized. But if someone persuades you to send them $500 through a phishing scam, that is considered authorized and banks do not need to reimburse you for those funds. Yeah, I've had uh, I've had instances where I'm trying to sell something online, and then all of a sudden, someone's trying to s- tell me to, oh, yeah, let me know your your Zelle login, and it's like, yeah, that's a little bit sketchy. I'm not giving you my login, nor am I going to, uh, you know, to uh, transact anything with you. It, you know, I try to do cash only. I mean, yes, I think that's definitely for the best, for sure. Um, it, I mean, listen. Wherever there is money transfer, there is going to be some sort of fraudster and, and, and dark character emerge. We, we know this. It's just a part of humanity. But I think these regulations were written in 1978, really 1978, and, and they haven't gotten a, first century, a 21st century update. And they couldn't have envisioned the electronic payment platforms and apps that, it, that exist today. So, the, listen, the CFPB, the, the Consumer Financial Protection Bureau, they have the authority over peer-to-peer platforms, including themselves. So they can regulate this if they choose to. And it, it seems like Warren's report on Zeal could really add pressure to regulators to update the guidance. I think I prefer going to the bank. Cash. Ah, there you go. <laughs> Aaron Royale, our NBC News radio reporter, and we'll talk to you again tomorrow. Thanks, Jack. Have Thank you, day. Aaron. And it's 628 on AM Tampa Bay. Let's hear about the dopiest dope of all the dopes of the day on AM Tampa Bay with Jack Harris. And at 638... James, who is our dope of the day? Well, normally our dopes are men, but this time we've got a pretty dopey woman. So a woman who, uh, who was That'd caught... That'd be a dopeette. Yeah, dopeette. Yeah, so a woman who was caught on camera going into a home in Portland, Oregon, then falling asleep on a child's bed, has been arrested again, allegedly for the same thing. Stephanie Sabin says that she came home from work last week and she noticed some items out of place. And when she walked into her bedroom, she saw someone sleeping in her bed and realized it wasn't her daughter. She saw someone, uh, you know, but it, it was a stranger. Uh, so a neighbor then went in and found the woman sleeping in Sabin's closet wearing her clothes. Police arrested 54-year-old Terry Linzer at the scene just a month after she was caught in another home sleeping on a kid's bed. Jeez. Why did she do that? I mean, she didn't get out with yeah, anything. There's right? no reason given, but imagine you going home, finding joy in bed, or someone who, who you know enjoys bed, and you thinking it was joy, and then you know cuddling up next to them. Oh, brother. The shock of a lifetime. Oh, I think joy would be a little upset. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Well, my dope of the day, and I saw this earlier, I think it was on... Fox 13 or somewhere, the statistics on those who believe that climate change is man-made, yeah. that humans cause climate change. They don't know what they're talking about. That's they're ridiculous. Only, yeah, they're only looking at the here and now. I mean, it, the, the planet goes in cycles, just like the seasons. I believe that there's longer cycles. You know, they, we go through a warming cycle and a cooling cycle. Oh, yeah. I mean, we started when the Ice Age, and there were no humans around that made things warmer and warmer and warmer until we got to now. I mean, our climate may be warming, but humans have nothing to do with it. 70% of Democrats think that it is man-made. And, of course, 
that includes President Biden, uh, only 14% of Republicans think that climate change is man-made, caused by man. And this is why they want to do away with our gas-powered vehicles. Oh, yeah. This is crazy. I mean, it's idiotic. And uh, we're going to pay the price for idiots in Washington, for sure. Well, it's 641 on AM Tampa Bay, and let's see how we're doing with these nasty gas-powered cars. Throwing it back with Jack on AM Tampa Bay with Jack Harris. And it's 644 on AM Tampa Bay, and here's our throwback. It's people I've met in elevators. Oh, wow. This is... I don't know uh, how many people run into famous people in elevators, but uh, the first one was when I was in Chicago doing a Rowdies game, and it was played at at uh, Wrigley Field. They played across the outfield, and I was staying at the Holiday Inn, which is a block and a half off Michigan Avenue, and um, I don't know if uh, the team wasn't staying there. I don't know why I was staying there, but anyway, I I don't remember what floor I was on, but I got on the elevator, and it went down one level, and it stopped again, and Dan Aykroyd got on. Great actor. Oh, yeah, and I said, you're Dan Aykroyd, aren't you? <laughs> He's like, and I know who I am. Yeah, <laughs> and I said, what are you doing in town? And we walked out of the elevator together, and he was making the blues brothers movie with john belushi Uh, so you met him at the perfect time yeah have you ever seen that one i have classic movie oh it was a fantastic movie with john belushi and them in the cop car and everything but anyway i was gonna catch a cab over to the stadium and he said no you don't have to do that and he had his guy he had a car pick him up there and he had the guy drive me to uh wrigley field very nice That was my first exciting time in an elevator. And uh, I don't know if this was the, this would have been probably the second time. uh, I was at a Clearwater Beach Hotel and coming down um, and it stopped. And Keith Richards and Mick Jagger got on. Big names. Yeah, the Rolling Stones were doing a concert somewhere i I think over in downtown clearwater but they stayed on the beach and they were later on they were in the bar there at the uh, clearwater beach hotel but that was my second one then the third one joy and i were over in orlando for some reason in the hotel downtown and we started to come down and again it stopped uh, about a floor below where we were staying and a bunch of Chicago Bulls basketball players got on. And Scotty Pippen was right in the middle of them. Huh. And we rode on down with him and got off. And the funny thing, after we crossed out of the uh, lobby outside, they had a long red carpet set up for them. And there were just jillions of Chicago Bulls fans. They were over there to play the Orlando Magic. But there were a lot of Bulls fans that were out there, and we walked down the carpet with the Bulls. That's incredible. Yeah. But hey, before you continue, how do you keep track of who you met in the elevator? I'm just curious. 
I had to re- think back and recalling okay. those. I mean, I can remember the Ackroyd one real well. and um, It's incredible. I wish I could remember who I met in an elevator. <laughs> well, I don't remember most people I meet in an elevator, but uh, you don't forget it when something like that happens. That is true. Especially when Ackroyd's driver took me on the end of Ackroyd. Took me on over to Wrigley Field. But that was my throwback here for uh, today. Hey, I've got a... Let's see if I'm going to have time to get this. Got a couple minutes here. Um, I don't know who sent me this, but why I mow my own yard. It's a Lee Trevino true story. And one day shortly after joining the PGA Tour in... 1965, Lee Trevino, of course, the professional golfer and a married man, was at his home in Dallas mowing his front lawn, as he always did, and a lady driving by in a big shiny Cadillac stopped in front of the house and lowered the window and said, excuse me, do you speak English? And Lee said, yes, ma'am, I do. And the lady then said, "Uh, what do you charge to do yard work? And Lee said, well, the lady in this house lets me sleep with her. And the lady hurriedly put her car into gear and sped off. <laughs> I don't know who sent me that one. <laughs> so I got one uh, So from Don in Odessa. Uh, called in about an hour ago, and he gave me a little quick joke. Uh, so what do Playboy and National Geographic have in common? Playboy and National Geographic? Yeah. They have pages. Um, let's see. Uh, I don't know. What do they have? So they both have beautiful places that we'll never get to visit. <laughs> kind of true. <laughs> well, there you go. Well, thank you, Don. And where? Don in Odessa. In Odessa. Is that Don or Don? Don. D-O-N. Okay. Thank you, Don. It's 6.50 on AM Tampa Bay and Checking out John Thomas and traffic. How will the ongoing inflation issues affect the midterms? All the latest happenings happen here. Now, back to AM Tampa Bay with Jack Harris on News Radio WFLA. It's 6.53 with the Jack and James show. Um, and I want to give a shout out to our other listener, Jeff Austin, that I ran into at uh, Bella's the other night. And it turns out that his grandfather was named Bill Becker from Logan, West Virginia, my hometown in West Virginia. And uh, he was the guy that gave him my first radio job in a station WVOW. Oh, wow. But that was interesting talking to him. Also, i got to mention this. Well, let me run down the headlines here from Drudge regarding... um, the Hurricane Ian that uh, Florida together help our neighbors hit hard by Hurricane Ian. And if you go to that website, you can find the same kind of information you'll find on our website at AM Champa Bay on how you can help. Uh, Katie's got it up there in our blog. Yeah, it's the third blog in. It's called Verified Ways to Help Hurricane Ian Victims. Yeah. And then the next headline, DeSantis, temporary Pine Island Bridge to open by end of the day and Sanibel Causeway by the end of the month. Florida disaster declaration amended for those affected by Hurricane Ian. 
uh, Operation Blue Roof coming to Sarasota County for those left with damages from Ian. I didn't know about this one. Hundreds of rare birds rescued from an island cut off by Hurricane Ian. And finally, Ian deals a blow to Florida's teetering insurance sector. Well, it's going to be crazy because the amount of insurance companies that have gone under just in the past, you know, year even, you know, I, I, I hate to yeah. imagine how much debt these companies are actually going to be in now. But it's, that's going to be with us for quite some time now. Right. Um, one other thing here. Well, I guess I'll hold on to this until tomorrow because I don't have time to read it all, but we do have, um, Reminder that the Rays finished the regular season with a five-game losing streak, and they're going to begin the playoffs on Friday up in Cleveland against the Indians. Well, I'm sorry. <laughs> Can't say the Indians. Caught yourself, huh? The Guardians. Idiots. That ought to be our dopes <laughs> of the day. People who didn't want to have. And it's, Indians is after the nation India. <laughs> Because Columbus thought he was in India. Right. That's why he named the so-called Native Americans Indians. Yeah, I don't find that offensive. But anyway, that aside, they play their Friday and Saturday at noon. And if they can win one of those, then they'll be at home on Sunday um, at 4 for the finale of a three-game set. Yeah, we'll see. It's it's the best of two. So if they win the first two, we're we're gone. We're out. Yeah, it's over. Let's hope it doesn't happen. Let's hope they have a home game on Sunday. Anyway, we'll see you Friday morning at five. A packed show, by the way, tomorrow. Yep, the Jack and James show on AM Tampa Bay. Live it up.